We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. You are joining us at 1045 on Monday, February 13th, following following the Dallas Mavericks' uh, late-game stumble of a loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 124-121, to though that description really doesn't do the game justice. It was a weird one. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I should have known that this was going to be the type of game that happens when I decided to yeah, late you, volunteer to do the recap. <laughs> yeah, you saved me because I don't know how I would have. I don't know oh what my I would have written on this I one. Kind, I kind of feel bad that I denied the public uh, what I think could have been a. If you were in note taking form for the yeah. recap for this game, I think you would have. I think it been like been six thousand words right. long. You, yes, it would have. So I mean. Just as a quick rundown, if you decided to miss this one, it was Kyrie's home opener. Um, just an awful, an awful basketball game, For me. by and large. <laughs> just an all like Luca. Luca looked like he'd been to to you know, like he'd just been out. Frankly, you know, he's a little puffy, little off his game, a little pouty. The defense was terrible because the Mavericks don't really have good defenders. Anthony Edwards eight. Uh, and then the 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 Timberwolves are much bigger than Dallas. I mean, they punished the Mavericks and points in the paint. And it just it looked like a terrible kind of okay, let's just get this game over with, you know, heading into the fourth quarter with Dallas down by a billion. And then Ty- Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's there's six, seven players in the NBA that can do what he just did. How many points did he have in the fourth? Twenty-six. 26 of his 36 points in the fourth quarter, and it was magic. The Mavericks came all the way back down from, uh, I don't don't even know. It was 26 point lead in the third quarter. They came all the way back. They get within three. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and then the Jason Kidd of it all took over. He doesn't we could know. Do the whole, mean, we could do the whole podcast just on the end of the game. Well, let, let's crazy. let's do the fun stuff first. I think I, I think we should. You know, I, I like kind of. I don't like leading with bitching all the time. I think people get tired of me doing that. Man, but you know, just, just a, <laughs> as a preview, Jason Kidd forgot that he's a basketball coach in the fourth quarter, which is a common occurrence. Um, and the the Mavericks late game execution for the second straight game was pathetic uh the play and then they just they didn't even get a final shot off uh kid let it let a timeout go to waste even though the mavericks had an inbound play with 14 seconds left play got broken up uh and they got the ball and then they just like collectively as a team fart like nobody no one person is is responsible i i don't really know i mean stuff like that happens i was i was just very disappointed in the execution for but it it part of it comes to say that that let's just talk about the fun stuff first. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, I mean, let's be real. The only fun stuff was Kyrie Irving's fourth quarter. Um, yes, it was, it was pretty insane. Um, you know, he was three shy of the team record for most points in a quarter by a Mavericks player, which I don't know if you I remember, but it was Dirk with 29 in a home game against Utah. And also, that was also the fourth quarter for Dirk. I have that. I don't know why, but that game is like etched in my memory. I just, I remember where I was when I watched that game. It was it was pretty crazy. It was just one of those with how Dirk scores twenty nine yeah. is like might as well be seventy. <laughs> in a quarter. Yeah. It was one of those games where he just caught the ball and just drove, and he just drove every single time and, and scored. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but this was this was pretty nuts. Um, I mean, he it wasn't just that he scored twenty six in the fourth. Like I mean, it was pure like. I'm grabbing the rebound, I'm going up the floor, and I'm shooting. Like, I mean, he rarely passed it to anyone else for good reason. Um, and he just – it was just a, an, a, an incredible all-world offensive performance. I mean, he hit some threes in that fourth. Like, he had that one in transition. I can't remember. I mean, he had a couple of threes in the fourth. But, man, he had one where he – I mean, he was full speed with the ball crossing the – Just stopped on a dime. Yeah. <laughs> And just nothing but net on a three. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, it was, it was, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely What made crazy. it more impressive to me was that his shot, like, we're, we're seeing the, the edges of Kyrie superfans and Luka superfans <laughs> circle themselves in a weird knife fight. But once again, that wasn't the thing that I took away from this game. But Luka's or I'm sorry, Kyrie's shot was like incredibly flat for most of the night. He had two or three wide open three-point looks that were all short, yep. which, and, and his shot was just like low. And for th- him to start cooking was was amazing. Can I can I offer a theory as to, sure. I, mean, I mean, he actually got to touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, I don't want to skip to the bad part real fast because we were trying to talk about the good stuff, but I mean... If you were intently watching that game, the first three quarters, he was a spot-up shooter with occasionally running a pick-and-roll. Over in the corner. The corner. Not like – In the corner. Not involved in in any actions. No, not Not involved in anything. No. Just watching Luca do the Luca ball and running a pick-and-roll and and then catching the ball in the corner on a spot-up, which, I mean, you know, he should still be able to make spot-up threes. Mm -hmm. He's a good spot-up three-point shooter. But, I mean, he was just – you know they weren't using him. I mean, he, they weren't running plays. Like, plays I, with I, him. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And then it, I mean, 
seriously like the fourth quarter started he starts the game without luca on the floor and he just like he's doing stuff like i mean remember when we watched you know we had this conversation a bunch when Christoph Porzingis was here and remember we would kind of like watch these games where he would just like miss all these spot up looks yeah and we're like what is going on with him and then he would have like a really good game and it would usually happen because he's just touching the ball not necessarily like driving just like dribble handoffs stuff like that like just being engaged moving around the floor and those would usually be his best games and like you know, Kyrie is a superstar. And while he doesn't need to have like a 30 usage rate to be effective and he has some off ball skills, you know, you can't expect him to just sit in the corner for no. however many minutes, what, 36 minutes? And what I don't and be productive. And what I don't understand, and look, these guys still probably haven't had a practice. They probably no. won't have a practice. At this point in the year, they might come back from all star break a day early. And, and maybe run some, like, do some walkthroughs. But there is no practice. This is all theory, and you assume that basketball savants can get together and figure this stuff out. I think they will. But I don't, you know, Luca calling the same pick and roll over and over. You know, Brian Damaris made a point when this trade went down of emphasizing how Luca should never get doubled again. Once again, I saw a lot of Luca doubling. Well, it's easier to double when Kyrie's sitting in the corner. That's exactly right? my point. Because he's so, not the trigger man. He's not the guy that's catching the ball. You know, so they're, I, they're cool I don't with know doubling Luca if Dwight's catching the ball or Reggie Bullock's catching the ball. Like they don't care. I I, I don't know who's at fault because mm-hmm. when I mentioned earlier, kind of the the budding like just online beef between people who love Kyrie, and as I've learned, there are people that love Kyrie. He's the Kobe of this generation of people that just love him regardless. And there's a lot of worldwide fandom for Luca, same sort of thing. And, and it's to me, I don't, I think smart players figure it out. Like I, Chris Esperzingis was not on Kyrie's level. No, not even close. Not in, not with how the game is played today. So Luca didn't really, right. Luca couldn't, Porzingis couldn't demand what Kyrie, I think, can get to. Uh, and Luca's talked about it. That's what's been interesting. He's been like very effusive on how fun he thinks it is to play with Kyrie Irving. So at that point, it requires our Hall of Fame point guard head coach to perhaps dictate something that gets these two involved in an action together. It's a wild concept. And, and hear me out. I think Jason Kidd should do some coaching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we're, you know, and then my counter will be, you know, we've had two coaching staffs and mm. they've played, Luca has played one way for two yep. coaching staffs. Right. And, and by the way, that last coaching staff was one that liked to call a lot of plays and a lot of sets. So it's true. Um, no, you're right no, no I don't, that. I'm not trying to stick up for kid because like we, good Lord, like I said, we can have an entire podcast about the, the, the final you yeah. know minute of this game, but I think there's a delicate balance going on right now because a lot of the reason Carlisle left was I think they had reached the limit of him being able to coach or push Luca. You know, like Luca did not, from the reporting we got, Luca did not like Rick. He didn't like how Rick treated other players, and he didn't. You know, there was just a friction, a friction there because Rick is a control freak, and you know, Luca's maybe I don't know if he's a control freak, but you know, when you're as good as him, you know. There's there's going to be some friction there. And so a lot of the kid hiring was kind of to be like that 
you know, to be like a seance and just, you know, be like a, you know, cool vibes and let's chill. Let's, let's have a good relationship and let's get through this. And now we're going to get to the point where like, okay, that, that part of it is cool. Like, cool. You've got that part down, but there has to be a balance between like singing Kumbaya and, and, and being Luca's bud and, and just let him do whatever he wants and trying to push him a little bit into a direction that can be more productive down the road. I think and I mean, that's been, that, that's, that's the been thing. where I've sat for a couple of weeks now. And I think it's the best way forward. And I think you have to push him. I think he wants to and, be coached. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, but again, the ball's in Lucas court at the end of the day, like he's that's true. And he had a rough, like, I'm not sure if we've really addressed it properly. He had a rough game. You know, the, dude, the box dude, stats, three quarters. He was the reason that that game was as bad as yeah, it was. His defense, I, his decision-making and griping. Yeah. And it, it was real. It was real rough. And, you know, kudos to him for when he came back in the fourth quarter. Yes. For yes. continuing to feed Kyrie. Like yep, that. I put that in the re- I put that in the recap that that was a good sign. And maybe that's like, maybe that's the springboard, you know, to, to right. get this thing in the right direction. And see, that's why I just think it's more coaching and direction than it is anything else. Because Luca's not going to do anything different from his MVP caliber play unless <laughs> someone is like, hey, let's try some stuff. Let's get weird. Let's run some plays. I mean, the the ball like there's been a stat that's been floating around small sample size theater but it's like the sheer number of passes the Mavericks were making when Luca was out compared to when Luca came back in it dropped by like thirty percent and and that that's a, that's a thing that's hard to ignore and so while I will remain a Luca Doncic super fan I think that they have to figure this out and I think that it's the coaching staff that needs to sort of mediate and not just let two superstars figure it out because let's get to the other thing beyond the offense, because the offense, I just, I, I, we overemphasize it because it's more fun and frankly, it's a little easier to talk about, but the problem is they can't get stops. (laughs) No, the defense is horrible. Um, What the Kings had 74 points in the paint uh, on Saturday. Uh, Timberwolves had 64 um, you're not going to win. I don't think any NBA team is going to win a two game stretch when you're giving up a hundred and what, 38 points in the paint across two games. Um, it's mind blowing how bad it is right now. Uh, and I mean, again, like the wolves, like the wolf shut nine of 29 from three. Like this isn't one of those games where you're like, ah, you know, they got hot. What are you going to do? Like, they're the a Wolf, team to watch. The Wolves shot 23 of 26 at the rim. They were 9 to 17. <laughs> like, that's not getting hot. Like, it's less possible. Right. Like, you can't, it, it's not sustainable. And the thing that's really frustrating is it's not like the Wolves were doing cool shit. It was just like, dude, straight line drives. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. You just have to keep your man in front of you, and they're not. Like, I saw so many, like, in Luca. it was Luca. it was um, 
you know, green had a couple that were like over, over eager, over eager closeouts. And then the wolves are just dribbling right in the paint with, you know, no contest. And, you know, the Mavericks room protection isn't good. Um, but a way that you could maybe help out your bad big bigs that can't really guard the rim well is maybe you don't have them have to guard a billion two-on-one situations at the rim, you know? Mm. Like, mm. yeah, Dwight, yeah, like Dwight Powell and Christian Wood and JaVale McGee aren't it in terms of rim defense. And, dude, how many times do we see those? Both, all three of those guys just get shoved out of the way and then a Wolves player just kind of score a layup. Like, they were – I'm not trying to excuse them, but, like – we know that they're bad. Like we know that they're that they're not, you know, good rim protectors. The only way you can make it better is if you just be like, "Hey, I'm just going to stay in front of my guy." But apparently, mm-hmm. that's too much to ask. Or for. commit to like a switch heavy. I mean, it that's where we're getting into the weeds elements of it. Like I, the big rotation right now, Mrs. Maxi Kleber, so stinking bad they don't know what to do because it's like Dwight Powell tries real hard, but he's a negative fifteen in fourteen minutes. You know, the, the JaVale McGee experiment ended hysterically quickly. He was a negative five in two minutes of yeah, play. That, that was a fun couple-game run, but that that's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I hope it's over. Yeah, uh, him Throwing him out there ahead of Wood, who Wood kills me, but Wood can at least put the ball in the basket. I mean, where, where Wood, need, Wood needs to be more decisive on defense. He, get, he block hunts, and so he gets his ass kicked sometimes by people who make basic moves. Well, and, I mean, and also, he weighs like – a hundred yes not Nasri put him into the stanchion a few times yeah (laughs) that's just bully and that's what luca does to people so i'm like yeah okay you know what what are you gonna do um you know this was a a, josh green is absolutely allowed to have a bad game yeah right yes that's that's everybody's so excited for him as we should be rudy gobert is one of the few players i think lives in his dome because Rudy took him out of the Utah series last year. Now, game three, he had an incredible game. He hit like two or three shots. I mean, more than this, but he had a good, like he was a big reason. Uh, um, Josh Green was why the Mavericks won. I want to say game three. And, but it, basically they didn't, Rudy disrespected Green, just left him alone. And there were plays tonight where it was just like, they didn't care that Green existed. And, that like watching that become the this is the first game we've had in several at least few weeks where the disrespect that Josh Green gets most nights because he does teams don't guard him they don't no. like they they like they or they don't know how to guard him because he gets like one dribble moves to the basket now he's making all of this this is not a slight at Green but it was odd to see him not make a team pay after he's done this for a few weeks so. Just thinking about that where it's like he's still got some growth to do. He got up 11 shots in 38 minutes, four rebounds, four assists. You know, he was he more or less played, you know, he's he tried on defense and in 38 minutes. Like I, I it's he just has to be he has to be allowed to have a bad offensive game now and then. Like they can't rely on him to have 20 like 15, 20 points. Like he right, has right. Been. right. And honestly, they were they would have gotten, I mean. Like we said, they the Mavs finished shooting what fifty percent from the floor. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, they made more three pointers than the Wolves, so like yep. they can win games when Green is when Green has a bad game like this because yep. that's why you get Kyrie and Luca because as much bitching as I'm gonna do about the process, the, the, dude, the, they both combined to score sixty nine points. <laughs> like yep. 
their talent is going to outweigh bad process a lot of yeah. nights. Uh, the only time it's it's going to really worry me is like in the playoffs when they're scouting and, and they're well, playing better then, teams consistently. But the problem is, is like, okay, Green finally had an off game, but then it's mm-hmm. like Wood was the only other person that scored double figures. And it's just yep. like – And Wood's minutes distributions are just – I don't understand. I don't understand kids' rotations because that, yeah. that allows me like an easy transition into the back half of what I want to talk about here where I understand that the Mavs don't have bodies, where Tim Hardaway going down actually forces Theo Pinson to play more. Yep. And, you you know, folks are going to look at the plus minus and tell me I'm wrong here. Theo Pinson played while Kyrie got hot. That was the extent of why Theo Pinson has a team-leading plus 12, okay, because he was right. in the game. But that Theo has to be in the game is extremely challenging for this team rotation minutes because they went small in the fourth and and challenge you know and, and basically tried the to only take thing that worked. Yeah, but did it work because Kyrie got hot or did it work because Theo was in the game? It got I, mean, I think it only defensively it kind of worked just because the Wolves were like, oh, we got to match up. Like mm-hmm. they they abandoned Rudy way too yep. quickly, I think, and because dude, Rudy was twenty one points, nine and nine from the field. Like right, they. I don't know what like Rudy is a weird player. I don't know what this thing is about him, like just not getting enough time. Like there were possessions at the start of that fourth quarter where like he had his guy pin- like all you have they to do is no, make the easiest. They don't pass him because he has he has hands like early stage Eric Dampier. Yeah, that's he had why. three turnovers. Yeah, but that's yeah. like if he. I think if he would have stayed in the game, this even with Kyrie's explosion, this might have been like yeah, a seven or eight point Wolves win instead of yeah. like one going down on the buzzer. But uh, I could see that. But, I can see that. But, but, you know, at least that was something like, you know, we criticized kid for sitting around with his hands in his pockets, but at least like he was like, all right, none of my bigs are doing anything. Yeah. Let me try to get Gobert off the floor by just going small. And it, it worked. I it, mean, was, it was the only quarter the Wolves didn't score 30 points. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, okay. Maybe, maybe I'm being unfair. I just, no, no, I no, can't handle, it's not his, it's not any of these guys fault, but it just shows sort of like, you know, you trade for Kyrie and you do a two for one swap. So the, the Dallas depth has just been eviscerated and these guys have to play. Yeah. This and, is why this is a game where I like people like bitching about them signing Justin holiday. I'm like, look, I get it. He's not exciting. And I, maybe there's not, but like they could have signed whoever they signed, like is going to be in, like, is going to get minutes right now. Like, just a few minutes. Yeah. We're talking yeah, like 10 minutes a game. Cause like you look at the back, like the bench minutes, 23 for Wood, two for McGee, 13 for Frank, who had a nut, you know, he hit one three. Um, Theo Penson hit a pair of threes in 19 minutes, which were both good looking shots. And uh, Jaden Hardy hit hit a field goal, um, but did nothing in his 16 minutes. I mean, like a remarkable amount of nothing from Jaden yeah. Hardy in six. That's hard. God, that's I wow. Um, and so it's a like kid sort of he's he's trying to steal time. And I understand this now where I will be critical of the stealing time issue is like, there's certain pairings you cannot have on the floor together. Right. Please stop to pairing Theo and pin Theo and, and Hardy together. Please stop. Right. It's not fair to either of them. They might need to, I don't know if they're going to do it, but maybe they need to look at it. Cause basically they're still running the same rotation with the starters where Luca's playing, uh-huh. but all of the first, all of the third, and maybe uh-huh. they need to just stagger, you know, they did that because they kind of had to, right? Like they just, because yeah. Dinwiddie wasn't doing it and they were losing all the minutes Luke wasn't on the floor. So I feel like they were like, here's the, here's how we feel like we can maximize his minutes. Well, now you got Kyrie. So does Luca have to play the whole first quarter? Does he have to play the entire third quarter? 
Like maybe you can and and credit, you know, Luca actually only played 36 minutes in this game, which is kind of remarkable. Uh he actually was the fourth, only the fourth most in minutes played. So maybe you can get Luca's minutes down a little bit, or even if it's not down, just redistribute them. Like he doesn't maybe maybe pull him earlier in the first quarter so you can put Penson in and you're not putting in Penson and Hardy to start the second quarter, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're in a tough bind. Try to mix like, it. Yeah, no. There's I'm, not an easy I'm, answer. I'm being very critical because I'm frustrated, but I do understand that they're in a bind. Now, part of why I get so heated and continue to do this is this is what happens when you don't honor the dre- like the the spots on the on the roster. Like you, you sign a vibes guy and then the vibes guy has to play. <laughs> right and uh did you see the the mark stein uh tidbit oh yeah Terrence i was Ray? gonna let you bring that up because i think when i do it i come off as just ludicrous uh well i mean we're talking about like respecting building the the end of your roster and mark stein in his latest like newsletter or whatever he posted today basically said that the mavericks thought they had ross uh verbal commitment and then when they finished their game on sunday i guess or saturday uh he was he changed his mind and go to the suns and he said you know the contract details aren't out there yet but the suns didn't use all of their mid-level exception this summer so they have they can offer more than the veterans minimum which is all the Mavericks. out out to robert sarver being a cheap ass (laughs) So, uh, once again, if you think about JaVale McGee and, you know, he, a dude that has basically been playing on nothing but veteran minimum since his last big contract, uh, that he got with Denver, I think, I think since that, since that contract ran out, he's been on nothing but veteran minimums. If the Mavericks would have just done that again, they might have Terrence Ross right now. I mean, who knows? Maybe that one, you know, that's tough, but maybe, I don't know. That one's hard for me because when it comes to like mid-level stuff, you very rare. First of all, I don't know if that's entirely accurate because McGee didn't get all of it because they gave some of it to Hardy for the four year. Right. But they still could have just given McGee a veteran, like a veteran. You have to now the flip side is, is like, I don't recall lots of instances where teams don't play like pay a player an entire exception. If it's available, maybe I'm wrong. So yeah, I don't like, know how often teams go into so a season with with the little spots. Attack. It's yeah. yeah, and and that's where I'm just like like from a huge like like fifty thousand foot perspective, it annoys me. But in this specific case, I'm kind of like, okay, I get it. Like this is where Sarver, who wouldn't pay for anything before he sold <laughs> the Suns, like it just works out in the Suns' favor. Now, is this a thing know. where if they would like if that happened? At the time, like in October, we're like, why aren't these cheap bastards using their mid-level? Why are they, you know, like... Well, all, but this is what it comes about. Like, I've been thinking about this, and now this is before Kid and Nico, so I can't really hold their feet to the fire on this. But, you know, several years ago, the Mavs picked up um, Willie and... Who was our other tiny guard from... Trey South? Burke. Trey Burke off of the buyout. And then um, they're they're both bought out by their teams. They're just floating out there. And then they re-signed both of them to contracts that no one else was offering using their exception that offseason. And for the life of me, I will never understand that sort of – it's like you go back and you earnestly look at like where the Mavericks have given true free agent money. The best signing of like the last several years is Bullock, Seth Curry, and then that might be it. Then you have to go back to 
Jose Calderon and Monte Ellis. Yeah, it's it's just tough. And granted, free agency is a lot tougher than we make it out to be. So sometimes we're not being yeah. fair, but it's you just have to. I, I feel like when it comes to team building, this the, for for a very long time, everyone it's like, well, we're just we're going to give up this roster spot, you know. And and you know, you and I've been wrong on some stuff. Like we very much went after them. We were thrilled that they got rid of Brea, and then you know, I think with hindsight. Brea made a big difference in the in kind of the connectivity between the coaching staff and the players, mm-hmm. and so it's I, I, I just find myself frustrated because this Mavericks team is capable of winning a whole lot of basketball games on the pure talent, but I don't know like Kyrie's playing a lot of minutes, and he's a small guy with an injury history, and I don't know how reasonable it is to assume that he can just continue to go like this. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's such a bigger conversation because yeah, like, yeah, you, but that's you, where it's like the depth just do plays anything. in. That's all. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, for sure. Well, they got one more game to the uh to the uh all star break. Maybe they can recoup there, but maybe yeah. Man, if your defense is in a bad way, they play Denver in Denver. Well, and if they lose this, they fall to eighth, which is gonna be yeah. that's gonna be a bitch for the discourse. Yeah. And I mean the discourse, I mean what the they're to wait they would have tied they would have they would have been the three seed i think had they beaten the kings yeah and so they're so they're one and oh with Kyrie without luca and they're oh and two with Kyrie and luca so i'm sure that's Uh, they're two and oh two and oh with just Kyrie. oh that's right (laughs) i know i know i hate it i will say like the last thing that i wanted to touch on was in the pregame like the first real media availability is press conference like Kyrie got asked about his future and basically politely said, I don't want to talk about this right now. And the journalist and content maker in me, and I'm not really a journalist, but the person that, that focuses on content is like, that's a bullshit answer. Ba 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 ba. The fan and the person who watches this team every night. And the fact that he's only played four games with the team. I think that's a perfectly reasonable request right now. I really do. I don't want to hear about this stuff. I don't want to talk about it all the time. I'm, I, it's great for clicks. It just <laughs> is so good to talk about this stuff for our for our own gain. But I don't want to talk about it. And I'm I'm with Kyrie on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also it's like it's one of those things where I think they can only can't they only offer him right now? Right right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like. They even if both sides were like, let's do it four years max contract, they can't even legally sign that contract till the summer. So like there's there's nothing to talk about, you know? Like there's so if they can't even legally give him the money that he wants right now, it honestly makes sense. Like, why are you even talking about it? Like yeah. you know, I actually commend like this is gonna be one more off the court headache that maybe we can potentially scratch off the list, you know. So I actually I'm with you. I'm like, that's fine. Like yeah. What else is there to talk about? They can't offer no. him the max. He's not going to take a two-year contract extension. Like so, there you Let's go. Let's revisit in the offseason. It's fine. Yeah. Go win some games, and if they yeah. really want him, then they'll make the case, right? And then he'll either sign it or he won't. And if he doesn't, then we'll have <laughs> we'll go a there. whole different discussion. And I'm <laughs> I don't want to have that one right now. It's it's it's. I, anyway, I was just sort of thinking about that today because it you know it became kind of like the the topic du jour online, and and you know with how Kyrie has spoken with press over at various points over the last several years, it frustrates me. 
because sometimes he has been very, very like talk downish. But I also think the press can lose their minds now and then, particularly with the content creation stuff. So it's like for this, I'm just I'm just gonna say, okay, let's not do it. Let's just watch like there's so much great basketball stuff to talk about with these guys, as we just did for 40 minutes. So right. you know, we'll stick I'm with that you. for a while. I'm with you. Okay, I'm gonna go host a live show. We're gonna see how mad people are. Um, it's been like the comments, I love the commenters that 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 participate in this, but like that first game, people were pretty grumpy. I'm not looking forward to this one for the same reason. Yeah, because I mean, this basically doubled down and th- it like, I mean, if Kyrie yeah. doesn't turn into basketball Jesus for 12 minutes, I mean, could you imagine going to this live show if they lost? I almost would have rather points? like, like, so as much as I really like that, I almost would have read because you can chalk it up and just be like, you know what? They got their asses kicked. That happens some nights. Yeah. And it's just, true. I don't know. Those are, hey. That you wrote this, that the Mavericks are the team to talk about. There's always something <laughs> every day, every game. Um, yeah. All right. Kirk Henderson, Josh Bo, we'll be back to cover the Denver game. Um, and then, yeah, we got a nice column up tomorrow. Uh, Meta Robinson wrote kind of on this exact subject, like whether Luca can play differently. I liked her post. Um, and then we'll have, we'll be running the Justin Holiday news just because I didn't really want to push it. <laughs> Because I'm just like, I can't get emotionally invested in a buyout guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Me either. Me either. I can't do these Stanley Johnson. I Justin tweeted. I, I tweeted. I was like, everybody that has a strong opinion on these guys is lying. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> even me. Oh, all right, guys. Everybody be good. Have a good Tuesday, Wednesday. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday night. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. (laughs) Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.